0: Something bad happens to you. It was always a God that did it to you. They understand that. They didn't understand mass shootings, things like that, that we have that happen today as a result of disengaged fathers.
1: Welcome to the Grace Talk Podcast. This is Pastor Josh Hester, and today I have something special for you. We're here with Jonathan Guerrero. He's going to be our guest, my first guest ever on this channel, and he has quite an interesting background, a lot of interesting experiences, and that's uh, why we've invited him here. He's a good friend of mine. So uh, how are you doing today, Jonathan?
0: I am doing very, very well, Pastor Josh. Uh, My uh, God has uh, been very, very good, and And he's blessed very richly, so I'm very grateful, and I'm I'm also very grateful to be on this amazing, amazing podcast. Uh, What you're doing is absolutely amazing. Um, It's it's badly needed, and Mm. I'm grateful that you stepped up to do this. So thank you.
1: Well, thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, I mean, with that said, like what I'm doing, you know, you mentioned we've talked about it before that the goal of the podcast is to kind of make religious things or spiritual things practical, right? Like what does it actually look like in my life? And for those who are listening, so Jonathan actually has his own podcast uh, called the fatherhood challenge. And it's a podcast about being a father and the ups and downs and the, the struggles. And his podcast is mostly with guests. And so he's had, you know, if you watch his podcast, I suggest you go there, the fatherhood challenge, and you can find it on basically anywhere, right? You can find it on Spotify, on Google, on Amazon Music, anywhere. And his podcast is really profound, has a lot of good guests. Um, but I wanted to talk to Jonathan kind of a, a little bit about the story of this podcast because getting, like, podcasting isn't easy. It takes time. It takes editing. There's there's a lot of passion that goes into that. So what kind of inspired you to put all of this energy into this idea? Like, what's the, the history there, I guess?
0: Well, it all started with... Um with a ride, uh, with my wife, uh, we were just riding together, uh, going into town. Mm-hmm. And at that moment in my life, I was feeling very down about myself as a father. I just didn't think mm-hmm. I was a good dad, plain and simple. And, um, it came up in the conversation. I just vocalized it to my wife and I just said, I, I really don't think I'm a very good dad. And, um, wow. She got really quiet. She didn't really say much. Um, and then we just kind of moved on from that topic onto something else. And uh the very next time we were writing together, and um just out of the blue, uh, she just said, like it came out of nowhere. Um, she just said, you know what, you should you should start a podcast. And I looked at her. And I was, (laughs) you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. And I told her, no way. I have absolutely no interest in doing a podcast. I like to listen to them, but I have absolutely no intention of starting one at all. Yeah. And I looked at her and said, "Let's let's assume that I did. Even if I were to start a podcast, exactly what do I have to say? what do I have to talk about? And um, she got quiet for a second and just out of nowhere, she said, fatherhood. Uh, That got my attention. Um, It was my turn to get quiet. (laughs) Yeah. And I was quiet for a few days uh, just trying to process this. Yeah. Something about that about the way she responded, the fact that it, her, 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 her uh, statement came seemingly out of nowhere. It was just very, very bizarre, very odd. I, I could not put my finger on why she would say something like that. And so the more I try to study that whole conversation and make sense of it, the more I started getting like goosebumps, almost this, these chills up and down my spine, not in a bad way, but I started to come to a very, very profound realization that her words were not just coming from her. Mm. And that more than anything, this was a spiritual calling. I just couldn't make sense of it any other way. The way she said it, the way it came out, the timing of the whole thing yeah. was not, was just not normal. It was just, wasn't something that felt like should be happening. Um, yeah. So I think that that's where I started to really come to realize who was really talking behind the scenes and that yeah. it in fact was the Holy Spirit. He was at work, he was stirring things up, he had a plan. And at that point, the moment I started to to open my mouth to begin to pray and to talk to God about this, I can't even describe the feeling that even went through my whole body. It was almost as if there was almost a sense of relief, like like he recognizes that he gets it. <laughs> He understands like who's talking to him. It's this whole thing. And, and so at that point I just opened up and it felt like there was, and it was, I was alone in the car at that time I was praying, but it just felt like at that moment, the world didn't exist. Nothing existed. This was, this was like, I was alone between, it was between me and God. Mm. And I began to try to work this out with him.
1: So the podcast, so like the whole idea for the podcast kind of started a few days before you actually decided to do it because your wife said you should do it. And it seemed totally overwhelming to you. And then days later, you're saying you were, you were praying about it. And when Mm -hmm. you finally, when you finally accepted the idea of like, okay, I'm doing this. Then there was a sense of like relief, a sense of, of journey of excitement.
0: There was a, well, there was excitement and there was fear all at the same time, because the way this was going to happen. And before we even go there, I should explain a little bit what happened in the prayer. So in that prayer, I just opened up my heart to God about it. And I told him how I felt about it. I just told him, I said, I'll be honest with you. I I do not want to do this. I don't like this idea. I'm not comfortable with this at all. I'm really scared of it. And I said, I, um, I, I know there, I know that, that, you know, Way years and years and years and years ago, I did do a stint in radio. I was on the air for a few years as a DJ. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, I know that. I'm very, very well aware of that. But that was years ago. And uh, right now, this is very much out of my comfort zone. Um, And I, I'm, I'm just not wanting to do this. However, this is clearly your voice speaking. This is you talking to me. This is you saying you want me to do this. And so. I, I don't, I, I don't want to say I owe you God, but at the same time, um, you've rescued me, you have redeemed me. I mean, you, you have really had my back. You've been good to me. You've blessed me so far beyond what I ever deserve. Mm. So you coming to me, asking me for something like I know who you are, so I'm not going to say No. I'm just given that this scares me. I'm going to ask something from you in return. You know, can we make this work in this arrangement? You run things, you, you be in charge of this. You take ownership of this whole thing and I will be your grunt. I will do (laughs) the physical human labor that is needed to make this happen I'll even be your front man. I'll be the face for it that everybody sees. If that's what you want and that's what you need from me, I'll be the voice. I'll be, I'll be the face of it. Um, if, if my name has to be out there on it, so be it, whatever, but you are running this, this belongs to you. You're taking ownership of it. You're in charge of it. You set the agenda. You open the doors. You want me to go open through that. You want me to go through. You close the doors that you want closed. And that's how how this working arrangement will be. You're the boss. You're running things. I'm very, very good with that. I really yeah. do not need to be in front. And I can tell you to this very, very day that that arrangement has still been the case and still works very, very, very well. I am still the grunt in the shop doing <laughs> all of the grunt labor with the production and all of that. And you know what? I'm I'm really blessed to be able to to even have a part in it.
1: Well, and what's, what's amazing to me is that you were mentioning how the moment this started was you basically confessing to your wife that you didn't feel like you knew how to be a good father. I
0: right. mean, that's
1: amazing that, cause we, my first episode in this, in this podcast is about like what it looks like to walk the Christian life and how it's like a journey. And mm-hmm. it's like, you basically said to your wife, I don't know how to be a good father. And then God's like, here's a journey. <laughs> like you, you know what I mean? So what, what, like with that in mind, how has this whole process been for you? Because you started feeling like you didn't know how to be a good father. How has it been talking to all these men? And what does that kind of look like in how you arrange the podcast, the people you talk to? How does that all go together for you?
0: Oh, boy. Let me tell you, every guest that has come on to the program has been a guest I've learned something from. It, it never fails every time I'm supposed to be interviewing the guest and, and whatnot, getting information out of it out of, from the guest so that the listening audience can, can learn something. And I'm the one that learns as well. I always find out something I didn't know before. So this has been a great school for me, a big learning school. Mm. I grew up without a father in my life. Like I I did not have a father around in the home. Uh, So it was a single parent family pretty much since birth. That's been my experience. Whatever Uh skills I've learned, I've learned from what I call surrogate fathers, father figures that have stepped in and taught me various skills um, or that I've just observed and learned from learned different things from. But other than that, no, I've had have not had a a model around in the home constantly to be able to learn these father skills from.
1: Okay. Okay. And whatever
0: epigenetics are, have been at play and involved have not been good at all. And those do play a factor. So if anything, the deck was stacked against me in that sense. And so, yes, I've the moment I first became a father, I've always felt like, the the wind was to my face. Like it was always going to be an uphill battle. I would always have the disadvantage and mm. I would always have to work twice as hard at it. Not having that background, not having that father in my life to turn to for advice, for help or, or whatever. And let me tell you the, the first thing I learned very, very fast. In fact, I learned that from the very beginning is just how seriously God takes fatherhood. Wow, it is a very serious thing to Him, and His heart literally bleeds over the subject. Hmm. Um, it it is literally there. Um, you can see just read the prayers, like when right before uh, when Jesus was in the garden uh, and He was praying to His Father, hmm. the prayers to His Father. I mean, just look at that father-son relationship and go study that. You can spend a long time trying to understand that alone. You can get a glimpse there just how of how seriously God takes it there. And then we have Malachi 4, 6, turning the hearts of fathers to their children, which is the vision. It's it's the motto and the vision and the purpose of the fatherhood challenge. It revolves around that scripture text because that text is really, it's the Elijah message Um for those listening, that are theologically inclined it. Yeah. It is the Elijah message. Um, it is a relay, which means that this message was not meant for people. It, it was for people thousands of years ago during that time, but because it is also a re, an Elijah message, it is a relay. It means that message is passed down through the ages and is therefore meant for us right here, right now today. It's a it constant is, message. It is a constant message. It never goes away. There, there is an expectation of fatherhood and there are consequences. Now -hmm. in that time, the consequences, everyone thought of the gods. If, you know, if you had a famine drought or whatever it is, or you lost a battle and your people got wiped out or whatever, it was always the gods to blame or whatnot. That's how they thought back then. So God meets people where they are. So it's like, okay, you don't meet these expectations. I'm going to send a curse on you. That made sense to them. Something bad happens to you. It was always a God that did it to you, they understand that they didn't understand mass shootings, things like that, that we have that happen today as a result of disengaged fathers that they had no concept of that, nor would they. So that is a little bit of what we need to know to understand just how relevant that is for today. And just how seriously God takes that subject. I mean, back then, seriously enough that David um, was going to have a son, which was Solomon, and he was not a very good father. Um, that's a big long subject for another time, but I mean you can read it and it's all there. He was not the best father. And um, and even then, you know, David's heart was just passionate for God. He loved God, I mean, still made mistakes, lots of them, and loved God anyway. But as we go further along with that, you know, he was wanting so badly to build God a temple and and um and In so many words, God essentially said, yeah, I appreciate the gesture, but you are not the one to do that. Um, You're going Mm -hmm. to have a son, another son, and your son's going to be the one to do that. And then he goes on. It's like God changes the subject a little bit. At this point, God's no longer interested in in the subject of the temple. God's interested in fatherhood. (laughs) Because the next thing he makes clear to David is is that I'm going to parent your son Solomon. I'm going to raise him. I'm going to discipline him when he needs to be disciplined. I'm going to keep him on the straight and narrow. I'm I'm going to father him.
1: Which is pretty it's incredible. Plain as day. Yeah, that's incredible considering the fact that this is God's sanctuary. Like this is God's house, right? <clears throat> and God even in that context is is willing to take a break from talking about his own house and says, "Okay, yeah, but fatherhood like fathers are important and i'm going to be there to help him become the best person he can be that's pretty incredible
0: and then let's go back up way well way up and then go talk about another area let's talk about the consequences so we have the consequences presented in the story of eli Mm. so eli the priest he was a high priest uh, we know the story of his sons. his sons just went wild and did whatever they want to, and he did a lot of sacrileges and um right right in front of God concerning the temple consent just anything concerning the way the temple operated. They had little to no regard for and treated it with great disrespect and Eli was very much a hands off parent when it came to that pretty much let them do whatever they want. So we have Samuel now that comes in to be an apprentice um, and he learns all those things. He lives with Eli. And, um, you know, maybe we have these sermons and we have these topics presented in church and the focus is on his mother, on, mm-hmm. on uh, Samuel's mother, Hannah. And so we, Talk a lot about her and what she did and, and the sacrifice that she made by uh by presenting Samuel to Eli to be able to be in service to God in the temple. He was dedicated to God. And that's where we stop the story. Because the story after that isn't very good. <laughs> it's it's not the it's not it's not um an enjoyable experience to read the next part.
1: Yeah, you were not going to hear that story at Sunday school, right? <laughs> very often. no,
0: no. Yeah. It's 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 you're not. It's it's going to be, yeah, very uncomfortable. But it's there for a reason, mm-hmm. and it's not something we should ignore. It is part of the consequence part that we see in in Malachi four six. It's it's one example of that. Now, we have this dreaded part where Samuel has to relay the judgment of God to Eli and Eli right away understands it and accepts it. Wow. It doesn't change the consequences because he accepted it. It still happened anyway. Mm. The sons ended up dying and then Eli died from the news of, of his son's death. And um, it's a really bad story, a really bad ending. And then we have a King we have Saul. We have this genetic line that is just messed up. From kind the a consequences. Of a
1: cycle happening, right? Like a cycle between. It's a cycle
0: thing. that's happening. So yeah. the consequences went way beyond that story of Eli. Mm. Now, okay. epigenetics and behavior, that's not something you were going to explain to them back then. <laughs> so. For them, it had to be as simple as God said, trust God, trust that he knows, may know a little bit more than you and trust him and just leave it at that. Just do what he says and and trust him.
1: So like, because the actions of the fathers affect the kids, but not just the kids, but the grandkids and the great grandkids and their friends and their families and a whole nation, right? I mean, Saul was the king, right? So this, this wasn't a small thing.
0: Yeah. We're just beginning to understand that kind of stuff now. Um, even on a genetics and epigenetic level, we're just beginning to figure that out. But back then, like, forget it. So it had to be as simple as trust God. Mm -hmm. This is the way things are done. Just walk and walk, walk with God. That simple. Yeah. Um, Well, and
1: like through all of these podcasts, you've talked to a lot of different, you know, (laughs) a lot of different professionals, a lot of different, some spiritual leaders, some like business leaders, you've talked to a ton of different people kind of talking about how These results affected their life, affected their families, things they've learned. Are there like are there things that you've can I mean, it's I don't want you to have to pick on any of your guests. Right. But are there kind of principles that you've seen repeated like that almost like lessons that almost all of these successful men have learned in their own past?
0: Well, the most important one is Is your time management, how you spend your time when you have a family, when you have kids, when you have a wife, it's, there's so many things that you are responsible for teaching your kids and all of those things require your time. Not always your words, not always you speaking, but just simply being present with them. And a majority of my guests have learned that. And some of them still in the process of learning that and trying, trying to get better at that and improve it. I mean, none of us are perfect. And this is why we are a community of dads to, to learn from each other, to grow together because we're, we are not perfect, but being isolated isn't a good thing either. So part of the fatherhood challenge has been to connect All of these dads to be able to realize that, yeah, many of us have had the same struggles, the same problems. But here are these stories of dads who have not only figured this out, but are striving to become better, striving Mm -hmm. for something better. Some of these dads have learned to make the sacrifices necessary to be available for their kids, to spend time with their kids, to teach their kids Mm -hmm. values the things that they will need to be successful in the future. And this is a very big common, very big common theme that I see in, in my guests.
1: So, so the first one, uh, if I'm understanding correctly is basically making like making <clears throat> an impact as a father takes time. So make the time, right? Like, yeah. You know, you just have to choose. Okay. I could go to work. I could go to play golf. I could go be with my buddies or, I can show my kid how to play basketball or I could help my kid with his homework or etc.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. And then the other part of that is yourself. And this is something that we do on a regular basis on many, many, many episodes. This is not a podcast about how to build a playground set from scratch. Mm. You can go on YouTube and go find that or whatever we, that's, that's light fluff stuff. But we go deep, sometimes into the very painful areas that we really don't want to go. But more than ever, we need to go. We need to talk about it. Because it really matters.
1: So when you say you need to, um, that's kind of part of being a mature adult, like male. Like So you can be a good father. If you want to be a good father, you need to go deep into yourself, is kind of what you're saying.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's going deep, deep into the heart. There are two things. And I say this, I'm a broken record on the program. So I'll go ahead and be a broken record on this program. (laughs) Hey, it's okay with me. (laughs) There are two things that make the heart of a man of who a man is. And if a man does not have these two things, and if a father does not have these two things, you are completely lost. And those two things are knowing who you are. That's your identity. And number two, knowing your purpose. If you don't know those two things, it will send you out of control. It it can make you crazy. Yeah. You have to know those two things. And it gets a little more deeper because the purpose part is pretty straightforward. Why are you here on this earth? What is your purpose? What are you meant to do? And that could be That may not be just one thing. That may be several things, but for the most part, that's straightforward. And then there's the second part, your identity that has two parts to it. There's the spiritual part. Hmm. Super, super, super important. You have to understand and know and be confident in the spiritual part of understanding who you are spiritually. Where did you come from? why are you here? Who made you? Why did he make you? All of that is, is central to understanding who you are. Then there's the second part. The second part is we can call that, we can get into the epigenetics. Um, One of my favorite guests has been Chris Bruno. Chris Bruno has written many books on that subject of knowing who you are. He deals with, yes, the spiritual part of that question, but he also deals with the other side of that question. And to understand it simply, we can talk about it like a train. So mm. think of this big, long train. Okay. Every car on that train is a generation going back. And that train, the engine on that train, and there may be different trains that are running, and each train has a different label on the engine. it may be drug abuse, it may be alcoholism, hmm. it may be pornography, it may be physical abuse. There can be many things on that train and that train can be a very, very long train or it can be a very short train wow. but you're 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 on a train, some train, so the first thing is figuring out. What train or what trains have I been on? And the second part of understanding yourself is how many cars are on that train. If it's an alcoholism train, how many generations back does this go? You have to understand that to get a grasp of that, to know what you're up against. Then eventually it comes back up to your car, (laughs) (laughs) wherever you are. How big of a problem is this for you? How often are you thinking about this? And then it's just, it's going deeper into the heart. Okay, so maybe, maybe you do think about this a lot. You think about wanting to drink a lot, or you want to, you just frequently wanting to drink. Let's go deeper. Why are you feeling this way? What's making you, could it be the other side of your identity that maybe the spiritual side's missing? And that's what has you just looped around lost. And this is your way of, of just kind of medicating it, making it not so mm-hmm. painful. Because w- without those two things, you're empty. You've got a big old hole right here in your heart. In some cases, you don't even feel like a full man. You might drink to make yourself full, feel like a man, but you're really empty inside. You're just a shell. Like you're just about, you'll feel almost like a, when you're honest with yourself, you'll feel like a nothing walking around and you will reach for anything to stuff and, and fill in that spot to make you feel whole. I mean, you will look to pornography. You'll look, you'll look to alcoholism. You might look to drugs. You might, you might look to other women. You'll reach for anything to fill it and it will never, never, ever leave you filled. It will never leave you filled up. It will never leave you satisfied. It will never leave you complete. So whatever you have in there has to be real. Your purpose has to be real. Your identity, both sides of your identity, understanding who you are right now and who you are generationally and understanding spiritually who you are, that is what fills this up solid where you're so whole and you're so complete and you're so secure You can't be shaken and you become stable.
1: That got real, Jonathan. You're getting real on us now going deep. (laughs) Well, so, so, so let's say we're talking about, you know, let's say somebody's listening to this and they, they didn't have a good father or, and they find themselves struggling with whatever addiction, whatever thing that they are tired of dealing with. They don't feel like a good father themselves, or they don't even know, like, I'm not, I don't have a kid yet, but I, I know I want to prepare myself. I want to deal with that. So part of my goal as this with my podcast is to be super practical. So like you've talked to a bunch of men who were boys or who were very broken men and they've healed and they've grown. And it's because they look at the, because they had that train of like six cars, seven or eight generations, whatever that have been alcoholics. Like in my family, there's a lot of alcoholism. And so there's a hole there that my family keeps trying to fill. So what are some super practical like in the histories you've seen things that people have done that like today I'm tired of being a shell of a man, as you said, and I want to start learning and growing. So what are some practical just do this that people could walk with?
0: Well, the first thing I need to make sure you're aware of is the reality. I'm not going to sugarcoat this because you need to know what you're up against and any other men who've gone through this, understand this very, very well is you need to understand the train, the nature of the train. When you decide that you're ready to jump off, maybe it's alcoholism, maybe it's drug abuse, whatever it may be. And it you, you've you decided that you you're tired of the emptiness. It's time to get off. It's time to get out of whatever it is that you're that you're up against and change and start to heal. The very first thing that happens before you heal is you become broken. You realize that you're broken and, you, and you're and you ready to jump. When you jump off the train, I can tell you this. This is a metaphor, but it applies in the real world in so many ways. That train does not stop moving and it does not slow down just because you decided to get off. There is no light, nice, and, and level dock to make it easy for you to just... To just walk right on off the off the train the same way you got on. It doesn't work that way. That train moves, and you're gonna feel when you get off like you're like you just fell off a fast moving train into a very rocky desert. It's going to hurt when you land. It's going to be rough. And the other part of it that unfortunately sometimes happens is as you're feeling bumped and bruised and beaten up and whatever it is may be super, super broken. If you weren't feeling that already is you look up and see the train leaving with everyone else on it that is still on that train and you're feeling alone in the desert. So moving on to the practical part, what is so important when you're feeling that broken is to be surrounded by other men by a community that can surround you right there where you are, right where you fell, that can come in, that can mentor you, and more importantly, that can befriend you. Having especially Christian role models that can sit down with you, talk you through, and sometimes not even talk at all, just sit there and listen to you while you just, just vent. Whatever rage you got going on because of what you're going through, the struggle that you're going through, trying to change, because it's not going to just be this magical, easy thing. I mean, you're going to feel the withdrawals of, of whatever it is. It's, it is going to be a painful process of recovery, and you need mm. people there that will be right beside you, that will listen to you, that will encourage you, that can pick up the phone whenever you call because you just simply need someone to pray with you that has to happen and you've got to have those spiritual mentors a pastor in your life that you can turn to um and and get some counsel get some advice therapy is another very important one getting some really really good therapy that can go into that can help you go into those deep areas that are painful to go and help you navigate those experiences and to be able to set you on a path to recovery all of those things. So it's, it's multi, it's a multi-tiered healing approach. Um, it's kind of like coming into, a, like coming into a race when you're low on whatever it is, or your tires aren't working right or whatever it is. And your car is just kind of feeling out of shape and whatever. And what happens when you go into a pit area, the car, the driver surrounded by support, there are three, four different teams that are doing all kinds of different things on the car, trying to get it like it's new again. And then they shove the car off. It's ready to go back into the race again. You kind of need your pit team Mm. to really help you out uh, spiritually, emotionally.
1: Yeah. And I like how you said, like to find someone to be a mentor, right? Like, so, I mean, you know, my story a little bit for those who don't know, like I was adopted, I didn't have a father figure, right? The, The men in my mother and my life, like they were not ideal men. And basically, through a series of circumstances, I met a good man who decided to take me under his wing. And what I've realized now that I've gone through that process, looking back, it's like there are a lot of good men who actually want to find people to support and to share their wisdom with. Oh, yes. You know, like I don't think if you go and say, wow, this guy. You know, and find someone who has virtues that you can already recognize because, you know, part of being broken is that like, it's hard to notice good virtues, but you still do see some good virtues and say, okay, man, this man is strong. He's honest. He's got a good family. I want to learn from this guy. And then like, go talk to them. Like, and I know it sounds so weird, but it's like, and the same thing with us. I mean, you do the same thing with psychologists, right? We go and find them. And of course, with a psychologist or a counselor, you gotta pay them. <laughs> but with most good men, you don't have to pay them. Just hey, can we go golfing together? Or hey, could we meet at Village Inn at a restaurant and like have a conversation? Because I I could use some advice. I don't know what to do in XYZ situations. Like just pick somebody, right?
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, yeah, that's there's a saying, it might be a bit much of a saying, but yeah, they say uh the highest form of flattery is imitation or whatever it is. <laughs> But yeah. if you're a if you're a mentor uh nothing nothing makes you prouder um or more filled with joy than having that person that you're mentoring walk in your steps or benefit from what you've taught or learn or avoid a very painful situation from your story from learning from your story that that's an enormous sense of pride so there are those men and those father figures out there who are ready and willing to do that. Um, but it 's keeping your mind and your heart open to that being open and willing and receptive to that. if you have someone like that in your life, it will go a long ways towards helping you heal so yeah. I think you you 're definitely on to something so yeah it 's community um I think part of the purpose um yes God has a a very strong heart for fathers um for healing fathers and and healing men and Everything sounds very male centric and in, in what we're doing, but the reality is women benefit enormously from this wow. because if we do this right, if we take those words seriously, Malachi four, six, if we do the hard work and we take the action steps, the benefits are a stable husband mm. And what woman wouldn't want that?
1: <laughs> Amen. Wow. A
0: stable husband and a stable father.
1: Wow. Well, and you know what? I can testify. Like, I got the the my my dad. Right, he's not my biological dad. Um, and in fact, I didn't know who my biological dad was until I was twenty eight years old. <laughs> so you know, but my he, like I tell people all the time, probably. 60% of the things that make me as good of a man as I am, if you want to say I'm a good man, are because he taught me, like he showed me, like, for example, I, when I was 14, I had a horrible anger problem. I remember I would get a foul called on me. I would throw the basketball across the room. I would scream. I would get mad. I didn't have any, it was this sense of lack of control, but he showed me as a strong, uh, passionate man. He's a very intense guy but he has self-control and he kind of, you know, I got to like see that and then I got to kind of follow that form. You know, I kind of just copied what he did until it became part of who I am basically, you know? So, so I love that. But so if I was going to kind of boil down what you just said, right? The first thing is if you want to change first, realize that change is hard. Like that jumping off of a move of this moving train of your, of your genetics of your past is not going to feel good right? Like that's number one, right? Um, Would that, is that basically what you would boil it down to?
0: That's it. Yes.
1: Yeah. And then, and then the next step, how would you say the next step? How would you boil that down?
0: The next step is surround yourself as quickly as you can with a community of men, of of really good Christian men Mm -hmm. who will be there for you, who will mentor you, uh, Mm -hmm. who will listen to you, who will be honest with you, in a compassionate way, but honest with you nonetheless. Yeah. And who will pray with you at, at the drop of a hat.
1: What would you say in this whole journey that, because you've been, how long have you been doing your podcast now?
0: Well, we're just uh, just a little over a year now.
1: Wow, that's pretty amazing. And how, how many episodes are there?
0: We are sitting at 34 episodes.
1: 34 episodes in not even twice as many weeks. I mean, that's you've been, you're all over the place, man. And so when, would you say, like, what would you say has been the biggest um, temptation to fail or to quit or to just walk away? Cause you've been on this journey. And I think that this, you know, when I look at the history of how this podcast started to me, when I see your podcast, I think this isn't just a guy deciding to do a podcast. It is a man's wife. And then I think God himself calling you to this journey right and whenever god calls us on a journey in my own life i've seen this satan wants to tempt us to give up right so when these when these men who are listening to this podcast when they think i want to i want to take the fatherhood challenge i want to be a good father i want to be a good man and then they have to deal with their own trains right that you mentioned there are going to be moments where they want to quit where they want to go back to the old train that that feels safe that feels like what they've already always known. So what would you say has been the biggest temptations and maybe some suggestions of how to kind of overcome those temptations, you know, before we end our podcast for today?
0: Yeah. Well, um, yeah, well, yes, you're, uh, you're correct. God has been, has, has blessed the program very, very richly. Uh, yeah, it is now airing on live talk. Uh, it's on Sundays at 3 05 p.m. Central. So that would be 4 05 Eastern Time uh, okay. on Lifetalk. So if you go to Lifetalk.net, um, you'll be able to hear it streaming there and and their various affiliate stations um pick it up as well. So oh. yeah, so I've been very, very blessed um by God um fulfilling his end of the agreement. And there is a faithfulness there. There have been times where it has felt like i've i've been in the desert where nothing's happening uh where it feels like i'm putting the hard work in and i'm not seeing the results just magically happening right away and you're wondering am i doing all of this hard work for nothing and you may be in that position yourself where you're you're struggling with whatever addictions whatever um trials that you're going through in your life as a direct result of jumping out, choosing to jump off of that fast moving train and you're hurting and you're just going at it and going at it. And it does not feel like it's getting any easier. And you're wondering, why did I do this? Everything was nice and comfortable while I was on the train of my addiction, everything. Well, okay. Let me, let's be honest. Maybe things weren't that good or wasn't, but it was a lot better than what it is right now. And that's how you're feeling Every little step that you take, it's, it is about faithfulness. It is about trust. It is an exercise and a lesson in trust. Every little step you take, you're understanding why you're doing it. Why did I decide to get off this train? It might be your kids, but a big part of that happens to do, happens to be your identity. Who am I? Who am I to God? What does God really think of me? When you start to understand this, you start to build your whys of why you're taking those hard steps. You have this community around you. You realize you're not any alone anymore. You may not want to let them down because they're all rooting for you. They're encouraging for you. You have other support teams that are putting in their hard work and their time. And so in those times when you feel like you're in the desert, that is the time, that is That is when you need your support team more than ever. So don't sit there alone. Don't be silent. Don't be quiet. Go talk to them. Call your pastor. Call your mentor. If you have a father figure, go reach out to your father figure and do not be shy. Lay it out. Be blunt. Be honest. However you need to say it. Say, I'm struggling. I'm hurting right now. I'm, I feel like I'm not, nothing I'm doing is working or I feel like I'm wondering why I'm even doing this. Be honest with how you feel. Wow. Let it go. Even if you have to, I, that's another thing. Like if you feel like you just got to like, let go, you know, okay. You got those little allergies, you know, that you're afraid to, you know, scratch your eye because your eyes watering a little bit. Cause it's, it's starting to, whatever has got you got going on, stinging a little bit and it's making your allergies kick up a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Uh huh. Yeah. Don't be afraid to let go. You got to cry a little bit, then get it out. Do what you got to do. Well, I love that
1: because I I find that it's easier. Sometimes it's weird. It's easier to be honest with someone else before I can even be honest with myself. Yeah. Right. Like I need to talk to God. Like for me uh, lately, it's been just talking to God about where I'm really at with things. Right. Because I'm a pastor and sometimes I have struggles that I don't want to tell you about. Yeah. Right. But I will tell God about it. And then I can admit to myself that this is a problem and God gives me a path out and a way of escape, right? And uh, I think, man, if you have a mentor, uh, a father figure uh, or God himself that you can be honest with, I think what you just said is beautiful. That open up, like be real, say it actually how it is. Don't beat around the bush. Like, and then once you've said it, okay, now this is how things actually are. Then you can actually deal with it. But if you aren't willing to say it out loud, Good luck fixing it.
0: Yeah. And open yourself up to God. Like it, it, just like you said, if at that moment, whatever it is, you're feeling so shameful that you cannot talk about it, even to your mentors, whatever it is, I can promise you this. And I can also tell you from experience, if you trust God to, with whatever you got going on, you open up to him. I'll be on, I'll just, let's just be blunt right now you're even afraid to use language or whatever it is because you feel that strongly Mm. guy would rather just hear you talk. He's not sitting there saying, Oh, don't say that word. What he, when he says he wants all of your heart, it's all of it. It's, it's the ugliness inside that you're feeling. It's the depression. It's the anger. He wants every little bit of it. Do not hold back from him. I can tell you from firsthand experience, and I will promise you this, if you will take that very seriously, and if you will go to him and let go, give it all to him. I've seen it. It works. I can promise you. Just open your mind up after you let go and you give it all to him. Watch what happens. Watch how he provides for you. It it really works.
1: Beautiful. That's beautiful. I, I, I really appreciate your uh, your willingness to take time to talk to us today. It's been a blessing. I think we've learned some really practical stuff of how to be a father. Um, for those of you who are listening on on the podcast, listening to this episode, uh, I'm going to put the description, in the description, I'm going to put the link to the Fatherhood Challenge because I want you to go there and get the blessing of, his, of these episodes that he's been sharing because, man, there are some profound things in there, and we all have the opportunity. This Fatherhood Challenge isn't just about fatherhood. It's also about being a man. And I think a lot of people could be blessed by that. If you have a friend who, uh, maybe you're not a man, maybe you're a woman, <laughs> and you have a friend who could be blessed by it, please go and look and share. Um, also, uh, be, be sure to like and subscribe if you're on YouTube, and we can get more and more episodes out to, to be a blessing to you. Um, Jonathan, once again, I'm so thankful you were here today. And uh, we look forward to uh, maybe connecting again in the future in, in, a, in a few months and see where God has led you.
0: Pastor Josh, thank you so much for all the hard work you've put into Grace Tot, and I wish you so much success and and blessings in the future, and it's it's been a blessing to be on the program. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye.
0: You too.